one. I, I just remembered last week we popped on and I was talking about blueberries. So I was like, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kick-Ass Career Conversations with Louise, Louise, and Kim, <laughs> and Kaylee. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Kaylee. Thank we you are so much so for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And we are just so glad that everybody is here, whether you're tuning in live or hearing the replay. We have some um, very meaningful things to talk about today. Um, but like every week, we want to start off with what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating today, friends? You know, Kim, we were chatting a little bit in the green room and um, I was telling a story about how my day got started in a crazy, crazy way. And I started my story by saying, I got up today and, and Kim, you said, well, you got up today. And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm leaning into that today. Um, but leaning into kind of celebrating too, like I, I designed, I purposely have designed my work life to fit my life. And so as I am recovering from knee surgery and leaning into my well-being and taking care of myself, my work life has is crafted around what's important. And right now, uh, it's not work uh, that's a priority. Uh, it's me. And so I'm celebrating that and really leaning into that, that space that I've been able to craft and create for myself um, today and this week and this month so far. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a big deal for you this month in particular um, to be able to lean into that fully. Yeah, absolutely. Kaylee, how about you? What are you celebrating today? I am celebrating, gosh, do I have to narrow it down to one? No. <laughs> That's fantastic. Where I am at life right now, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a spot in my life that's been as good. And I don't know <laughs> in the future what that's going to look like, but it's just a wonderful, wonderful place that I'm at. My kids are both at the age where they're now in school and they just went back this week or last week, I guess it was. So I am celebrating my freedom <laughs> from <laughs> summer vacation, <laughs> which is so wonderful to be able to just dive back into work and the things that I really like to do. Um, I joined a tennis league last year and I'm just so excited to be able to get back into that in the fall and be able to, you know, do that whole wonderful balance that we do <laughs> as women with family, work life and making time for myself. And I feel like I finally figured that out. And I'm, I'm at a really good place with having that balance, which a few years ago, I never thought I'd have. <laughs> so I'm very, very thankful for being where I am right now. I love so much to celebrate. Absolutely. That is, I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Um, for me, um, well, I could absolutely celebrate some phenomenal conversations that I've had this week and some really exciting things that are coming up on the horizon. I'm actually going to celebrate the fact that um, I'm in the process of doing my content for September and on September 8th, 18th is um, International Equal Pay Day. And um, I'm celebrating that most of the women that I work with and that I know are actually out earning the men in their lives. 
that even though we have that pay gap and that we are going to, it's going to take a hundred years to close it globally, we have some amazing leaders in the world that are doing the work to close the gap themselves. Um, and it's just super exciting. And I just want to celebrate the work that they're doing, the work that the three of us are doing. And that's what I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating that I'm that I'm seeing it firsthand actually change. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really cool, especially knowing people who are just passing all those expectations. Right. It's pretty phenomenal. It is pretty phenomenal. And and I think it's it's encouraging to have the conversations because so many of us, we read the statistics, but we don't actually have the conversations about what does it mean and how do we advocate for ourselves and how do we support each other in raising that pay um, in, in finding some some pay equity, um, particularly for women of color, women with disabilities and women with children. Right. Mm -hmm. All three of us are moms here, and we know that there is um, there's some issues there in terms of the that ding, right? The the motherhood um, tax that we pay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's deal. hard, especially having that office job where your kids get sick, and it's kind of on you. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta go take them to the doctor, and I'm off work again. Ugh, it's yeah, it's hard. It is hard for sure. So let's celebrate that we're making headway and that, right, those of us that have have surpassed that a little bit or at least nearing it can continue to lift the other women up as well. So that's what I'm celebrating. Um, Kaylee, should we let the world know a little bit about you? I have your bio here. Um, Go for it. Awesome. So Kaylee is the founder of Live, Love, Sleep, the nation's leading pediatric and adult sleep coaching agency. Kaylee partners with families worldwide and teaches healthy sleep habits to newborns, infants, children, and adults. Uh, yes, please. Through her unique sleep consulting program, Kaylee takes a new approach to, to traditional sleep coaching and empowers her clients to lean in and love parenting as much as they love their children. Through customized sleep coaching programs, sleep consulting, and shifts in habits, she can help children love bedtime and sleep through the night. Kaylee, we are so glad that you are here to talk about sleep, but Louise, your famous question. Well, I'm always fascinated. I don't think, at least for me anyways, I didn't uh, come to coaching uh, straight out of school. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and to be a sleep coach, like what has that journey been like? Like, tell us a little bit about kind of your career path and how <laughs> yeah. you, you live here. Yeah, certainly not something that I ever imagined myself doing. And it's a pretty new career path too. It's, I mean, sleep coaching has really just come about in the last decade or so. Um, but when I was a kid, I mean, I remember playing the game of life and kind of looking at what all those different options were and I think I'm going to be an accountant. That seems like a really safe job. <laughs> I really, I like that security and that stability. I think that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. And um, that, that is what I went to school for. I was like, I, I don't really know what I want to do, but the world of business sounds fascinating. You know, you can really do anything um, that you want to with this kind of degree. So I actually started my career as a certified public accountant and worked that kind of for two, three years or so and realized 
okay, this is absolutely not what I want to do. <laughs> the game of life made it sound okay, but no, <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> um, from there, I decided to shift gears a little bit and went more kind of the finance route uh, with oil and gas. So I worked in finance for oil and gas for um, about 10 years or so. But what I was finding is um, the pay was great. I really liked the benefits, but I didn't feel like I was actually giving anything back to the world or making connections with people. And especially when I had my daughter back in 2015, I really felt that, you know, leaving the office every day, I was like, what did I really do? I mean, I entered numbers in a budget and yay, like that, that's great for the company, but I, I feel like I did not make an impact at all today. And I miss my daughter. <laughs> so when she was born, she was actually a horrible sleeper. That poor girl, um, she just didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know how to help her be able to achieve good quality sleep. I mean, I remember trying to do everything I could possibly do to get prepared for her birth. <laughs> I took a birthing class that was like eight or 10 weeks long and was like, I got my birthing plan. Everything's going to go according to plan. And it didn't with the birthing. But when she got here, I realized, oh my goodness, like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> as a mom or when it comes to her sleep, because I would she would just cry all the time. And I'd try nursing her to sleep, rocking her to sleep. You know, that would work every now and then. And then she'd be asleep in my arms and I'd slowly try to transfer her to the crib so I can get something done around the house. And eyes would pop open and the crying would start over. And I'd just feel so deflated. Like, why won't this kid sleep? So I, I took an online um, sleep course that changed our lives. I, I really thought that sleep training meant leaving your baby alone to cry it out. And I, I just was not comfortable with that. But when she was six months old, you know, I'd been back at my corporate job for three months or so. And I started drinking coffee for the first time in my life because we were getting, she was up 10 to 12 times a night and just getting maybe two hours of broken sleep. Both of us, you know, she was miserable. I was miserable and something had to give. Um, so when a, a friend told me that there was other ways that we could do sleep training without having to leave her alone to cry it out, I was like, you know, at this point, let's just give it a shot. And within three nights, she went from waking up those 10 to 12 times a night to waking up one time for a feed. And everything just changed in our lives. She just blossomed. Her little personality just, it just started to flourish. And I just fell in love with her. And I was like, I, I would love to be able to share this gift with the world because this online course that I did, it was great. And it gave me some really good mm -hmm. basics and foundations, but I had a lot of questions as I was going through it. And I decided, why not start a business where I could help families sleep train their child and have some customization around that and provide that one-on-one -on -one support as they're going through it. 
So that's when Live Love Sleep was founded. Um, when she was about just under a year old in 2016, I started the company. I was still working my, my corporate job at the time because it's scary <laughs> going out on your own and starting something new. I mean, who knows? And this was this was an industry that was brand spanking new. Like I, I'm pretty sure I was the very first sleep consultant in the city of Houston. And people just didn't even know that the service existed. So I, I slowly started getting my name out there, trying to figure out, you know, how do I let people know that I'm here and I can help? And, you, you know, a few years went by and it really started to take off. Um, at that point, we kind of moved, my, my husband's job ended up moving us to Dallas and I had another baby during that time. And uh, in 2020, you know, the world kind of, came to a stop and I was used to um, working, you know, that, that finance job in oil and gas during the day, doing my sleep coaching at night. And um, all of a sudden my kids were at home with me. Daycare was closed. <laughs> they were at home and, um, you know, I was expected to do this corporate job during the day and, and manage them. And they were, they were two and three years old at the time or two, two and four. Um, and it just wasn't working. You know, I, I sat them down in front of the TV for the first time, like, please just stay busy while I take this hour long phone call. And um, it was it was really hard. So I think I lasted maybe two or three weeks and decided I can't do this anymore. Being a mom is way more important. I feel very fulfilled in the kind of side business that I've started. What if I can make this my full time thing? You know, I'm a few years in, I think it was about, the company was about four years old at the time, um, you know, making a, a decent income. But if, if I could really be able to focus more time and energy on this, like, what can we do with it? So that's when I decided to step away, be at home with my kids during the day and, um, you know, during nap time and nighttime, really focus all my energy into growing this. And We've blossomed into a company of um, 10 sleep consultants now and are helping families all over the world help their children learn how to sleep through the night. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? Oh, like, wow. I love sleep. And I love when my kids sleep. such a wonderful um, gift. <laughs> it's a gift. Well, and... You know, it's, we all, I think, as entrepreneurs, right, we come into business in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and, and finding that, I think that question that you kind of asked yourself is like, where am I making a difference? Yeah. Right. And when we can get stuck there um, and, and the three of us all have taken that entrepreneurial route, um, but it doesn't have to be that. Um, but it, it often comes down to that question, right? Like mm -hmm. where are my contributions actually mattering? Where, where do I add value to the world? Yeah. Um, and, and we find, we find our way, um, some <laughs> sooner than others, uh, but we do find our way through that. Yeah. And I think it's something that as we get older, we just really realize, you know, our time here is so limited and we need to make it count. And so if you're feeling unfulfilled with what you're doing right now, you know, that's when it's time to make that shift. Even ideally before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Waiting until you get to that point where it feels like I am thoroughly unfulfilled, mm -hmm. then it's, it's gone on a little too long. So what were some of those um, indicators you talked about really in 2020 
that balance that so many of us took on, right? Yeah. Um, of continuing to be the primary caregiver for our children and for our homes and continuing to work full time for somebody else. Mm-hmm. What what were those indicators for you? How did that show up for you where you went, nah, I'm not going to continue this way? Yeah. For me, it was just feeling like I was abandoning my kids, <laughs> you know, with being at home with COVID, just not being able to give them my full attention that they so desperately needed at that young age. And it became apparent to me really fast that that they are only little ones. And as horrible as a situation as that was, it was like the universe's way of communicating with me that this is what you're meant to do. <laughs> you, I just, I never felt like I could be a mom at home, <laughs> you know, like growing up, I always thought like, I'm going to be that working mom, you know, nine to five, and I'm going to come home and be like super mom when I get there. But I don't know what I would do with myself if I was ever at home with the kids all day. Like, <laughs> that's just, I don't know what I do, but I really quickly kind of just grew into it. And wow, it's, it, it is the most beautiful role I've been gifted in my life to be able to have this opportunity to, to spend that quality time with them, especially at that little age. And I'm going to look back on this and just know that that was absolutely the right decision at that point in my life. Were you scared? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really scary, especially just not knowing what was going on in the world, (laughs) but it's, it's really scary. Um, leaving that security of, of the corporate life. I was very lucky. And my, my husband had, you know, a good stable job and we, we bought our house knowing, all right, we we need to go into this expecting to only be on one salary. You never know what's going to happen. And then, and then COVID happened. Um, so we knew we'd be able to just get by if worst comes to worst. And, and I could, you know, you, you always have that in the back of your mind. Like if, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back and I, I can figure something. There's gotta, gotta be something better, you know, in, in that corporate world, if I'm not loving what I'm doing right now, but, um, it, there's always opportunities to be able to shift if it's, if things aren't working. Yeah. It's, it's leaning into that fear a little bit and, and, and believing in yourself enough that you you know, that you're not going to end up on the street corner yeah. <laughs> in a cardboard box, no matter what, right. We are very resourceful people mm-hmm. um, and we, we get to a place in our, in our lives, in our, in our careers where it, it just didn't happen to us, right? We, we brought that to us. And so we need to kind of rely on our own abilities and take it into a new space. Yeah. and know that no matter what, you're going to be okay uh, and you'll figure it out. It's building that plane on the way down, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just trusting a little bit to take that leap to say, no, I, I actually do have everything I need to, to make it a success, whatever it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I know when, um, when I brought my kiddo home from the hospital, uh, many years ago, uh, that, that whole space of like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, um, just is very, very overwhelming. I remember leaving the hospital and I, and, and they didn't stop me to like hand me an instruction booklet. Like, I'm like, like, 
is it okay that we just like we're walking out with this new human? Like, how does this work? And we put so much time and effort into the plan of the birth, mm-hmm. right? And hoping that it goes a certain way. Um, there's no plan after. You just like show up at home with this new human uh, that you're supposed to know how to keep alive. Um, and that sleep part is such a big uh, question mark. Um, not knowing what we need, right, as parents, um, or what our kid needs, or any of those things. It just can be very, very, um, it, it shakes our confidence to the core um, when when that sleep is, is just not happening. Yeah, it does. And it just makes everybody so much more emotional. You know, any little thing that happens, it's like it's the biggest deal when you're so sleep deprived like that. But yeah, it's, it's tough when, when you come home from the hospital and and don't have that plan because they don't, that nobody gives that to you and you can hear advice ahead of time, but you know, get your sleep now. Cause when the baby comes, just, it's going to be crazy. And yeah, it is. But I mean, there's, there's really not, anything that you can hear that's actually going to prepare you for motherhood and and how challenging, especially those first few months can be. And I think having, um, you know, a community and just resources to be able to, to have can help so much. So can you break this down for us? Like physiologically, what happens to us when we become that sleep deprived? <laughs> well, in a nutshell, we turn into zombies. <laughs> I remember that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it affects everything from our mood, like we talked about, um, to our immune system. I I remember at at the very beginning, I was sick all the time, you know, with, with nursing her and just not getting that sleep. When we sleep, that's actually when our body repairs itself. So if you're not getting that good quality sleep, you're so much more susceptible to getting sick. And with a child, it's even more important because that's really when their growth and development is going to happen and their muscles repair. And so if they're not getting that quality sleep that they need either, you might see some delays on that side of things. Um, and I, I just remember my daughter just being a grumpy little thing you know, before, before we taught her to sleep well because she just she didn't have the skills to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, it, it really affects our, I'd say like our relationships with people as well, because when you're not feeling your best, it's hard to get out. It's hard to socialize with people. Um, so that, that good quality sleep is just so important for everybody. I often talk about rest versus sleep. Um, because there is a difference. They do have some similarities, right? There, there is some restoration, some repair that can happen with both rest and sleep. But I'm, I'm curious in terms of kind of what you've seen, particularly since you do, well, you primarily work with children. It sounds like you've also worked with some adults, supporting some adults, um, through this as well. Like, what do you see with the difference between this idea of constructive rest and versus pure sleep, because some people really struggle to be able to sleep. Um, and so we encourage them to rest. Is that, does that jive with you? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually my husband is our adult sleep consultant here at Live Love Sleep. So he's got all that information. I feel like I should connect you guys to have like a good adult sleep conversation there. But no, you're right. Like having, I mean, having some good rest, like even if you're not able to, to get into like those really deep stages of sleep, resting is still so important for our bodies. You know, like if you've had a long day or like me being out there and, and playing tennis for the last three hours, like we were chatting about before this, like my body is exhausted today. And just taking like probably 20 minutes or so after this call, I'm probably going to just lay down on the couch. And even if I, I don't take a power nap, maybe just read a book and help to, to reset my mind a little bit and just help my body to calm and relax a little bit. Cause you're right. Some people really do struggle with getting that that good sleep there. So even if we're spending you know a little bit of time during the day or just winding down before bedtime and having a little bit more time for your body to not be so active, um, it's it's really good for it in the long run. And the brain to not be so active because so many of us, right? It's like our brains are on overdrive all the time. Actually yesterday um, I was I had taken a break during the day and usually I can um, kind of rejuvenate myself our daughter is still on um, summer break. So mm -hmm. just taking a little bit of time and being with her, we'll play a game, we'll hang out, we'll just chat. And that usually just perks me back up. Yeah. I was sitting there and I just kept yawning and yawning and yawning. And she's like, maybe you go take a nap now, mom. <laughs> and so I went upstairs. I was like, you know what? I will. It's fine. Like, whatever. So I went upstairs with the, with the thought that I was going to actually lay down and take a nap. And I didn't. I didn't actually nap. Mm -hmm. But I just zoned out for, and it was a good 20, 25 minutes. Then I was like, <laughs> then I remembered something and all of a sudden I was up and going, but I had energy mm -hmm. um, because I had let myself just come to stillness. Yeah. And, and I don't think your body needs that. Yeah. I do, and I don't think we let ourselves come to stillness enough. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful feeling too, isn't it? Just, I mean, laying down, closing your eyes, seeing that darkness and just trying to clear your brain as much as possible. It's, it's so beautiful. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. And it, it allows us to step out of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and along with all of those physiological benefits that it has, right. Where it, you know, it, it actually does repair. Um, I uh, was so impressed with the aftercare that I got from the hospital and from the surgeons and the nurses and, and everyone and the focus that they put on rest and sleep after surgery, it was phenomenal. Um, that's something that they, that's one of their kind of like key indicators of how you're doing is how you're sleeping mm -hmm. and, and how to make sure that you sleep so the body can repair itself and yeah. um, do all of those great juicy things that ha only happen while we're sleeping. Um, and, and, that whole, that ability to kind of step out of ourselves too, it just opens up so many doors, right? Like, you know, that's how we solve problems. That's how we make connections that are a little bit outside of the box is when we can just get to a place where we are um, thinking less, um, our brain starts to make those different connections and we start to access more information that's stored in our bodies in a different way. Yeah. And I love how like when you came out of surgery and from the hospital that they're really promoting sleep because oh, yeah. it's so important. Like when you look at 
life expectancy, you know, other than hereditary and genetic things, really you hear about diet and exercise, you know, that's really important, but there are three things that are equally important. If not sleep being number one, diet, exercise, and sleep that really can help determine a person's longevity. Absolutely. It's, you know, Louise, you were just saying about the the things that can happen when we're in stillness, right? When we either while we're sleeping or while we're resting and having that be something that more people, and I know that there have been trends to talk about sleep more, you know, get more hours of sleep, um, get more constructive rest during your day, do all of this. And, and they're great trends, mm-hmm. but I feel like people don't actually still understand why. And well, there is that is right. Our bodies rest, we restore, we're healthier that way, we're mentally healthier. Mm-hmm. We also have the ability to problem solve, to be creative, to heal our emotional state, to heal our nervous system, right? All of those things that we're constantly in um fight or flight. I mean, I don't know any human who's not who's not like living in fight or flight. And we're constantly going, you know, the three of us live in North America and it is this go, 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 go mentality. And so having to be able, having the opportunity to be able to come to stillness is so key and understanding that everybody's level of how much stillness they need, whether it's sleep or rest is different, right? I like our daughter, she's 13 beginning of the summer. I said, do you want to go to camp? She said, no, I just want to rest. And she has had a summer filled with rest. And so she's, you know, now she's nervous. She's like, oh, now I have to go back to school and go, 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 go again. And it's like, yes. And we can build into your schedule that ability to continue to, you know, have rest so you can thrive. You know, we, we don't think about teenagers needing rest, but mm-hmm. Lordy, do they need rest? <laughs> oh yeah. And that's so wonderful that she recognized that too. And that you're going to be working that into the schedule because, yeah, there, there's so much with kids' schedules that they there's just so many activities that we want them to be in and they want to do. But it's very important for them to be able to have that downtime and relax a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kaylee, what's the what would you say would be the number one um, challenge that you see parents have when dealing with kids that aren't sleeping? Yeah, what a great question. The number one reason why parents reach out to me is because their child is either struggling to fall asleep or they're waking up in the middle of the night. And the reason why they're generally doing this is because they haven't developed the skills needed to be able to self-soothe. And I see that whether I'm working with a three-month-old or a three-year-old. The, and there's going to be different things that parents are doing, but there's there's some things out there that I call sleep prop or, or sleep associations. And it's things that parents are doing to help to assist their child into sleep. So with a younger baby, that might be needing to rock them to sleep or bounce them, maybe nurse or give them the bottle in order to fall asleep. Maybe they need to walk them around a little bit or or hold them. Um, But they're doing something that's helping their child 
fall asleep or same thing with older children. Maybe they need mom and dad to lay there in their bed with them as they fall asleep. Or maybe they sneak into mom and dad's room in the middle of the night and they wake up like, oh man, my kid's here again. (laughs) But they're really reliant on something from their parents in order to fall asleep. They just don't know how to do that on their own. So the key with with teaching your child how to be able to self-soothe is just to remove those old ways of sleeping and starting to introduce these new, healthy, independent sleep skills so that children can learn how to sleep so much better. Because what happens is We all go through multiple sleep cycles when we're sleeping, whether we have a little baby or or us as adults. We don't just fall asleep and, and sleep solidly all the way through the night. And what happens is when we come to a little gap in between our sleep cycles, everybody actually comes to the surface of sleep. But as adults, we have had so much practice and we know exactly how to be able to get ourselves back to sleep without even really knowing that we've had those brief wakings. But with children who rely on those sleep props in order to fall asleep, you know, they're going to come to that gap in their sleep cycles and realize, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not in mom's and dad's arms anymore, or they're not laying next to me in bed anymore. And now they have a job to do. And that job is to more fully wake up cry out for mom and dad to come back into the room and assist them back into sleep because that's just really the only strategy that that they know. And so what, what we really work on is, again, breaking those old habits and beginning to introduce these new, healthy, independent sleep skills so that children can be able to fall asleep without needing that assistance and begin connecting those sleep cycles in the middle of the night so that they can get that good sleep all the way through the night that that we want them so desperately to do as parents. It's fascinating to me. So my husband and I track our sleep. And I see that I have a lot of interrupted sleep, interrupted mm-hmm. sleep, but I don't generally fully come to consciousness. I don't wake up. I'm not aware of it. Generally, I'm apparently just putting myself back into sleep mode. My husband has much fewer, but he is actually bringing himself fully up to consciousness. And then he has a hard time falling back to sleep. Mm. And so he feels a lot less rested, even though he'll get about the same number of hours. Some Sometimes he tends to get fewer, fewer. Um, cause he'll get to that last like wake up and he's like, well, I might as well be awake now. Mm. So, um, it is fascinating to me just even as adults, how we can see that if we're tracking our sleep that, you know, how could he self-soothe himself in a way, Yeah, right. To allow himself to fall back to sleep easier in something that feels much more natural to me. I mean, I don't, I'm not conscious. I'm not aware that I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great that you're able to just seamlessly kind of go from one end to the other. But I mean, this is something that a lot of children who have those sleep associations for a long time, they do struggle with sleep as adults, too. So I'd be curious to see, you know, how did he sleep as a kid? (laughs) Did his mom and dad have to do anything for him? You know, that might have kind of rolled over into adulthood. But there are there's definitely some strategies that we can use as adults too to help us be able to put ourselves back to sleep and kind of calm that mind, you know, whenever we do wake up. And those early mornings are really tough. I know that's when you're like, oh, it's only 45 more minutes. I might as well just get up. (laughs) 
Yeah. I had that this morning, actually. I, my, I woke up at 4.45. It was a dream that woke me up and, uh -huh. and I normally get up at 5.45. I'm like, I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to try and sleep some more. And I didn't. And I finally got out of bed. I got out of bed at 6.15. So I was laying there longer. My cat came and laid on top of me. So like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had to pay that tax. So, um, but it, it's that place of, I don't know what's right. Right. Cause I've read things that say, if you go back to sleep when it's, you know, within the hour that you would be waking up, don't do that because you're going to be more tired. And then I've read other things that say maximize the amount of sleep that you're getting. So I feel like that's also is like all of this convoluted information that, that while sleep science I know has come a long way, really getting that information to mm -hmm. the populace on how to care for own, our own sleep so that we can regenerate and have all of the benefits we've already talked about. I feel like that's missing. Um, yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's hard living in today's world because there is so much information out there and there's so much conflicting information out there, like you said, and that's where it can just be so great to have like that, that plan and that knowledge that, you know, this is customized for me. And I know that this is going to work for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's not the same for everyone. No. Um, I've been paying particular close attention to my sleep lately, especially the last three weeks um, with my surgery and what's working, mm -hmm. what's not working. I have to sleep in the most uncomfortable position. Uh, I'm a side sleeper. I can't sleep on my side. So here I am trying to get comfortable on my back and, and finding that routine and finding that um, preparing myself mm -hmm. for uh, for my nighttime rest, um, however long that's going to be. Um, <laughs> right now, it's not long enough, uh, but I am working on making it longer. So I know that I thrive on seven and a half hours of sleep. I love that. My body, I wake up, I, I just feel like I've um, I've drank from the fountain of youth, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I feel different right now. I'm only getting four hours of sleep. And so trying to prolong that a little bit more every day. Um, but I've also started to bring in that routine of preparing myself for rest um, and what that looks like. My bed is only used for sleeping. It's not used for napping. It's not used for reading, right? What What is it? What What's the dim light? When am I turning off my socials? When am I not watching TV? And all of these things. And it's preparing my body to say, now it is rest time. Mm -hmm. um, it also knows rest time is 3.30, because um, that's nap time. Um, but but right now, like, it, like my body starts to know and it starts to prepare. And I think yeah. that kind of lends in a little bit into that, not just that self-soothing, but like we need to tell our bodies what we want it to do. Yeah. Um, and that's a big part of, I think, what we miss as adults mm -hmm. is that we're like, we're going to shut off the light and we just expect our bodies to be ready for sleep but it does take time. We need to instill these routines in our kids, right? Same time, same place, like all of these things that, that start this routine that allows our bodies to say, oh, I know what you want right now. Yeah. Um, and that's rest. And I think that's a big, that's been a big learning for me over these past few weeks is just that, that bringing in that cycle of preparing for sleep so that my body knows what it, what I want it to do. 
Yeah. Sleep is, it's so ritualized. I want to, I want to tell you a quick story where, um, I had a, a party at my house a few weeks ago. Some friends came over and, um, I spilled something on myself. I was like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to go upstairs, um, and change. So they, it was a little bit of a, you know, later night, we had friends over probably 10 o'clock, which is usually when I start getting ready for bed. So I'm going upstairs, you know, it's dark, my kids are sleeping and I go into the bathroom and I'm getting changed. So I change into my pajamas because, you know, it's 10 o'clock, that's what I do. And then I start flossing my teeth, just like mind on autopilot, because that's what I do. First, I get into my pajamas, then I floss my teeth, then I brush my teeth and halfway through flossing, I was like, Oh wait, <laughs> this isn't no, not going to bed right now, but it's just so programmed into you. So it's it's very important to create those routines because your mind needs those cues to say, you know, this is the start of the routine. And at the end of it, I'm going to go into bed and that's where I'm going to get my sleep. And that is so important with children as well to do a good routine, you know, around the same time every day and have those steps be in the exact same order so that they can realize, you know, we're starting with this and I'm going to end in my crib or in my bed. And that's where I'm going to go to sleep. Because with kids, you know, I, I love to have a a good 20, 30 minute routine with them. Same with us as adults. I mean, that's about how long it takes our bodies to unwind. And you can start it off with giving them a bath, let them, you know, splash around, have fun. The, the bath is, I, I get parents sometimes asking me like, oh, they get so excited in the bath and they're having, you know, a great time splashing around and that's fine. It's fine for them to have a good time. But once we get out of the bath, that's when the calmness is really going to get to the, get started there. So after after having a bath or um, you know kind of washing them down, that's when you can go into your child's bedroom and if you have a baby under a year old, give them a good feed at that point to make sure that their tummies are nice and full. Um, but if you have an older child, that's when you can get them dressed and read a couple books to them and get them into bed. Usually with younger children too, that, that kind of bedtime routine works really well because having the feed before stories, we're adding some other activities in between. So it really helps to break any kind of association between feeding and sleeping, which is big one um, that I see, you know, a lot. And that's what I struggled with, with my daughter, Evelyn, too. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Our, uh, our half an hour, because I already said, right, like this half an hour, people yeah. I knew were like, well, it's like a 15 minute bedtime routine. I'm like, mine's like an hour mm -hmm. for her. And then now I noticed that my wind down time is an hour. And that's yeah. okay. like, I plan for it. And that's good. Like, I, I have it planned for and it's great. And I follow sleep generally where I, when I want to. Um, one of the things that I um, initiated with our daughter when she was three, because I noticed she always wanted to talk at the end of the, like at bedtime, that was her talking time. So I started with asking her a series of questions. It was, what are you grateful for? Um, what did you bring into the world? Um, what are you looking for, forward to tomorrow? And if you had a do-over today, what would it be either? Because it was good or bad. And so um, those questions, and I layered them in, right? At first, it was just one or two questions. And then it was, now we're up to five questions. But we do it every night. And then that's her signal to then, I'm done talking. Because mm -hmm. now I've given her that opportunity to, to finish her words for the day and then be done. And yeah. so it's a beautiful practice for both of us to have that opportunity to 
share a little bit more, to reflect on the day, which Louise and I talk a lot about reflecting and having that opportunity to really process through the day and then to release it and just go to sleep. Yeah. So. I love doing that with, with older children, having that good bonding time where you kind of decompress and talk about the day um, so that they can get, get that off their chest. Cause sometimes they come home from school or daycare, you know, wherever they're at and they, they're just still kind of in that go, go, go mode and they don't really want to sit down and talk, but then their minds start slowing down when they get ready for bed. And all of a sudden I have all this stuff to tell you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. by adding just a little bit more time in that routine, it can be really great to have those conversations before turning off the light and letting them get to sleep. Lovely. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you going to say something? Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to ask, what are our, like, I just looked up and what, 45 minutes has gone by in a flash. What, um, what are our golden nuggets? What are our takeaways from our conversation today? Um, my brain's operating a little bit slower because I am only on four hours of sleep. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was something, Kaylee, you said you were telling your story about, um, you, you know, how your daughter... Um, it kind of just really blossomed after you figured out this sleep thing and she came into her kind of her own personality and was really had that ability now to be more herself because she was able to give her body what she needed. And and I was thinking about that throughout our conversation um, because I noticed I think before I get tired, I'm cranky and I'm frustrated and things aren't working. And it was just a really great reminder to say like, when I'm out of sorts, um, is to think about what's, what role does sleep play uh, in that? And and am, do I have an opportunity to grab a nap or catch, catch a few more Z's so that I can come at a problem, at a mm -hmm. situation or into a relationship, just a little bit more uh, with my tank a little bit fuller um, so that I can be more myself. Um, and so I wanted to kind of thank you for sharing that story because it just reminded me, right, like that there's these other things like we might not be feeling tired, um, but there's these other kind of indicators that um, we might need a little bit more rest um, and that when we do get it, we can be more ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you, Kayleen? What's your golden nugget from today? Oh, my golden nugget is just, it's just how important both sleep and rest are to, to all of us, you know, as, as women, as moms, um, it just, it really helps all areas of our lives. And I, I think it's interesting talking to you, Louise, you know, right now with you struggling to get that amount of sleep that you need and just kind of realizing how that, that does affect, you know, kind of your everyday life. It's, um, yeah, it's just so important to all of us. So thank you for sharing your story too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I think for me, it's, it's this idea of cycles and rhythms, right? And we were kind of touching on that at the end and how you can, how we, all of us can create our own cycles and rhythms. And that is within our control. Um, yes, physiology and, um, you know, the amount of pain we're in and all, all of the, the discomfort parts, that all exists. And we can create 
cycles and rhythms for ourselves that fit with us a little bit more naturally. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we can improve our sleep, we can improve our mood, we can improve our immunity, we can like all of these different things. So I think that was just something that we started to touch on at the end that that I'm I'm gonna continue to noodle on for a bit. Fantastic. So Kaylee, where in the world can people find you if they wanna find more information? The best place to find me is going to be on my website. And that's just liveLoveSleep.com. And from there, uh, if, if anyone's really struggling with sleep, you can schedule a free discovery call so that I can learn a little bit more about what's going on with your kiddos' sleep and you know, see if my program is the right fit for your family. Or if you struggle with sleep yourself, definitely check out our adult sleep <laughs> consulting page and get in touch with Zeke, my husband. And he offers the same thing, a free discovery call to you know, kind of dive into your sleep struggles a little bit more and walk through how he can help too. Mm. Lovely. Love that. Um, Louise, who do we have coming up next week? Regine. Um, it's going to be a great conversation around learning and unlearning. Uh, I love this as a recovering perfectionist, um, how we often have to unlearn. <laughs> well, and I think it goes really in line with the conversation we had today, right? This idea oh, of like, yeah. we can learn how to, to care for ourselves and our sleep habits and our rest habits by unlearning certain things, right? Exactly as you were saying, Kaylee, in terms of not using those sleep aids or sleep crutches in that way so that we can exactly. support ourselves or our children. Absolutely. Uh, Kaylee, it was such a pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Thank you so much for dropping by. Oh, thank you, ladies. It was so fun. And stay cool. All of you who are dealing with the heat waves right now, please stay cool. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Right, bye. Bye for now.